the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get started at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday edition of The Authority. It's the 30th morning of the 6th month of the year of our Lord, 2021, coming up. On the program this morning, guest-free in hour number one, but a lot of ground to cover, a lot of important stories to update and new ones to make you aware of. But then in hour number two, we're going to do a special uh kind of program today. It's going to be a panel discussion, a roundtable panel discussion featuring four of the individuals who testified this past uh, Monday um, at the House hearing in the State House in Columbus in support of House Bills 327 and 322, both of which have to do with stopping, banning critical race theory from being taught in Ohio's public schools. Now, there were a lot of great, great uh, people who, who gave a lot of tremendous testimony here, but we're just going to, we only have room for four people. Bottom line is we can only put four people on the phone lines at the same time. So that's exactly what we are going to do at 1010. And for the entire hour, we're going to talk about the crucial importance of um, uh, stopping critical race theory from being uh, forced into the mindset of our children uh, for, for years and decades to come, um, which, of course, would be, destructive not only to the children themselves but quite frankly to the society in which we live and the country that we call home it would be a an absolutely racially divided mess it would make the horrors of the pre-civil rights era look like a mardi gras in comparison because the animosity the anger the vitriol between the races would be so incredibly severe blaming all white people for being racist no matter what kind of works that they do no matter what kind of attitude that they have and telling all black people that you are oppressed and victimized for your entire lives would be just devastating and that's what crt does that's what anti-racism which is 
based on CRT, critical race theory does. So we had four, uh, at least four, but we're going to talk to four of them. Kirsten Hill is a member of the Ohio Board of Education. She testified at that very important hearing. Sarah Fowler-Arthur is a current Ohio State representative in District 99 and a former member of the Ohio Board of Education. Michael Goldstein is the Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and he helped write and craft the language in the bills uh, being pushed to ban the teaching of CRT in Ohio. And Jonathan Broadbent is the Director of uh, Protect Ohio's Children. You should definitely take a look at the website, Protect Ohio Children. Sorry, not Ohio's. Protect Ohio Children Coalition. Take a look at him at protectohiochildren.net. And um, he is just one of the most powerful and staunch advocates for our children and for schools uh, to be cleared of this extraordinary incendiary racist um, curriculum, which is being adopted, unfortunately, in, in a lot of districts in a lot of states. So our number two is going to be dedicated to critical race theory in Ohio schools and what is being done, what can be done to stop it. I should probably also point out that Protect Ohio Children and those who were testifying before that uh, uh, Ohio uh, uh, House hearing, also are interested in stopping comprehensive sex education, CSE. Comprehensive sex education, which is also outlined on the uh, website for protectohiochildren.net, because there are some extraordinary, extraordinary, um, inappropriate, extraordinarily inappropriate lessons and curricula that is also being forced onto children uh, even in middle middle school and in some cases in below medical middle school excuse my fumbling below middle middle school um, grades it is devastating in fact I didn't get into this this week thus far even though I had this story ready to go on Monday morning if you have not seen as an example of what I'm talking about the middle school flyer that was circulated in a Tacoma, Washington school. Uh, I'll share it with you. After we do our pledge, I'm going to share this with you to let you know what we're talking about. CRT isn't the only threat that our children face in the radical indoctrination of our kids. There is more. There is much more. And I'll share this flyer with you. And then, of course, it'll be up to us to try to figure out, well, that was in Tacoma, Washington. What's in Cleveland, Ohio? What's in Rocky River, Ohio? What's in Beechwood, Ohio? What's in Euclid, Ohio? What's in Elyria, Ohio? Because um, if this is in one place, I promise you it's in other places. We'll get into that. Uh, also, Gwen Berry is trying to tell us that she never said she hated her country, and she should be allowed to be on the Olympic team. I'll give you the response to that coming up as well. But, as always, let's start our program before we get too deep into the content with a pause for the pledge, our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand. Put your hand on your heart. Face your flag if you have one. Leftists, go ahead and take your knee or be like Gwen Berry and turn your back away from any flag that you might see in your neighborhood because we know that's how you roll. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all i uh, won't spend too much time on this because as i said we're going to spend a ton of time on crt and our schools in hour number two but i just want to give you this because i've had it since monday and it has been sitting here in front of me not being <clears throat> shared with you 
There was a, the flyer, a flyer that was passed out to middle school, stu- middle school students in Tacoma, Washington, uh, that has drawn just all kinds of attention, uh, most of it negative, but some supportive because there are a lot of people who defend this. If they didn't, then this flyer wouldn't have been created. This is a flyer that is, has been handed out to the middle, middle school students telling them, informing them about all manners of sexual education, sexual reproduction, and the rights that these children have as children to um, navigate these very dangerous waters without the consent of their parents. It starts at the very top by telling children how old they can be, how old they have to be to have legitimate and legal sex. It says age of minority and consent for sex. The age of consent is, and uh, it says the age of consent is to figure out whether it's a crime or not for you to be having sex with somebody. It is not a crime if you are, according to the flyer, 11 and have sex with somebody two years older or less. I could just stop right there and end this segment and tell you that the left is telling 11-year-olds it is not a crime. It is okay for them to have sex as long as the person they're having sex with is, isn't uh, over 13. I could just stop right there and, and you would have all of the information and evidence you need to be sickened, to probably lose some of your breakfast right now and to know that they are trying to pervert our children in ways that we can't even comprehend. But it goes on. It is not a crime if you are 12 to 13 and have sex with somebody who is three years older or less. So if you're a 12-year-old, as long as the person you're having sex with is 15, you're good, and we're cool with it. 12-year-olds, go ahead and get your freak on, as long as it's not over 15. And if you are 14 or 15 and you have sex with somebody who is four years older or less, still good. That means a 14-year-old having sex with an adult, an 18-year-old, is just fine by us. Again, this was handed out to middle school students. Next section of the flyer reads, STDs and HIV testing and treatment. If you are 14 and older, you do not need permission from your parent or guardian to go get tested for STDs or HIV or to get treatment because parents have no right to know if their child is sexually active and potentially has been exposed to HIV, which is the virus that causes AIDS. No, parents don't have a right to know that at all. Another section says birth control. You are allowed to get a prescription for birth control without your parent or guardian's permission. So let's push that. Students, 11, because, you know, you're having sex at 11, as long as it's not with somebody more than 13, older than 13, you can get birth control without even telling mom or dad. This is, again, in Tacoma, Washington. Next section says emergency contraception. You can buy Plan B emergency contraception. Plan B, of course, is the abortifacient pill that you take after sex and after procreation to essentially kill uh, the... um, kill the uh, baby, I, I don't know if I want to use that word, but I guess that's what it becomes, obviously, but to kill the fertilized egg uh, in utero the day after, up to 24 hours, I believe, after uh, conception. You can buy the Plan B emergency contraception, that's what they call it, at a local pharmacy without a prescription at any age. You may need a prescription for other types of emergency contraceptions, however. So be aware of that. 
And then abortion. You do not need to get permission from your parent or guardian. And then in big, bold type letters, at any age. Children, middle school students, just so you know, when you go out there and become sexually active, and most of you probably are since we're telling you to green light this at, at age 11, if you are a little bit unfortunate, unlucky, and you end up with an unplanned pregnancy, you don't need to tell mom. You don't need to tell dad. You can get an abortion without permission from your parent, quote, at any age. And then finally at the bottom, sexting. It is illegal to send, possess, display, or share text messages or pictures of an explicit sexual nature when it, uh, when it consists. It's hard to read this uh, because it's uh, very small and kind of crumpled at the bottom of this flyer. Any kind, oh, it constitutes, it says, when it constitutes any kind of threat or abuse. Okay. Which is about the only decent thing in the entire flower, telling kids not to send sext messages to one another. The rest of it says, go ahead and do your thing. At age 11, uh, don't forget you don't need uh, to get parents' permission to get HIV testing or to get an abortion. And you can buy Plan B emergency contraception without a prescription. Uh, and by the way, if you do want to go on the pill or use other birth control, you can do that without mom or dad's permission as well. Good luck, kids. Go out there and lead a safe and happy and healthy life. This is what's going on. And I'm telling you, if this was created, it wasn't just created by one teacher in Tacoma, Washington. It wasn't circulated in just one Tacoma, Washington middle school. This is something that was created for mass production, and I promise you, and maybe even mass reproduction, if you see what I did there. And I promise you, it is in schools all over this country. This is the fight that we are undertaking. So I just wanted to throw that in because of what we're going to do in hour number two. We're going to do CRT in schools, but yes, comprehensive sex education and all of those things that I just told you are being taught to your kids as well. And you, unlike the creators of that pamphlet, that that flyer, uh, I believe that you as a parent do have a right to know all of those things about what your kids are doing. Okay, it's 920. We'll take a quick time out here. I didn't want to go too deeply into that, but there it is. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. I've got a lot more to get into. We're going to talk more about Gwen Berry. We're going to talk about patriotism. We're going to talk about whether or not somebody who does not like the country should be allowed to represent the country. And I will invite your phone calls, 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Don't forget, We've got a panel roundtable panel discussion coming up in hour number two. We will have time for no calls in hour two. If you want to be heard, you got to be heard this hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 925. Let me uh, dive right back into this now, and let's talk about uh, Gwen Berry. You just heard actually one of the um, uh, spots about that, or promos uh, about Gwen Berry, who should absolutely withdraw from the United States Olympic team. She has no interest whatsoever in representing the red, white, and blue. She has only interest in representing black. That's it. She has made it very clear. She does not care about this country. She cares about, quote, my people. 
That's what she says, my people. And by my people, she's referring to black people. She does not care about the United States. She does not want to wear the red, white, and blue on her uniform. That's why she turns her back to the flag. That's why she turned her back and acted like a pouty little 12-year-old brat when the national anthem was played during her medal ceremony during the Olympic trials. We have all seen it. We all know what she did. And we all know what she has said. But now she is expanding and responding to her critics like me and more uh, people on the uh, national stage. Uh, she did an interview with something called Black National... It's it's like BNBC, BNC. It's like Black National Channel or something like that. It's basically a black news channel. I don't know where it is or what it is, but that's what she found to do her interview on, which is not surprising given her very, very racist remarks. But listen to her here uh, respond to the critics about her incredibly unpatriotic de- uh, demonstration at the Olympic trials. I just want to ask, uh, what is it about the national anthem or that whole scenario that made you feel so uncomfortable? Why didn't you want to uh, you know, acknowledge that part? History. If you know your history, you know the full song of the national anthem. The third paragraph speaks to slaves in America, our blood being slain and, and piltered all over the floor. It's disrespectful and it does not speak for black Americans. It's obvious. There's no there's no question. All right. A couple of things. Number one, there's no such word as piltered. So well done there, Gwen. Number two, the national anthem is not the entire song or excuse me, the entire poem written by Francis Scott Key. Francis Scott Key wrote a poem that is many, many, many stanzas long from which the United States official national anthem was adapted. And the United States official national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, consists only of the stanzas slash paragraphs, as she calls them, because she doesn't know a thing about poetry either, it would appear. Um, The stanzas that were chosen were chosen for a reason, because they did not speak to any of the things that she is talking about in the third chances are she doesn't even know that there's more stanzas to the anthem or or not the anthem but to the francis scott key poem uh than the one she just referenced but she doesn't want to acknowledge that there is nothing nothing about the actual national anthem which was a poem turned into a song to become this anthem there is nothing uh expressed in that um uh, in those verses other than unity and other than freedom for all. She is looking for a reason, just like Colin Kaepernick and others, to hate the the anthem and thus the country that it represents. So she's digging into something that, first of all, she didn't even dig far enough into. Second of all, she doesn't understand the words of, based on her language. And and, and, and thirdly, um, that are just simply untrue. She's finding things wrong with the anthem that are simply not true. Here's the rest of this uh, short clip. Now, you were quoted as saying that you didn't want to do that because the um, anthem did not represent you. So now, you know, we have to ask, uh, what is your response to people that are sort of demonizing or choosing to take what you did in a negative light? What do you say to the folks that now say choosing to take what she did in a negative light? We're choosing to make that negative. It wasn't negative in its own right. No. Okay. Great, great job there, Mr. Anchor. Why be on uh, Team USA if you don't want to represent the flag? I never said that I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. 
That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I'm going to stop there again because it's very important that you understand what she just said. He said, how do you respond to critics who say that you shouldn't go if you and, and participate and compete if you don't want to represent the flag? Her response was not about representing the flag, now was it? Did you hear it? Listen to it again. That I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. I never said I didn't want to go to the Olympic Games. It's different than I never said I don't want to represent our flag. She was asked about representing the flag, which represents the United States of America and all of us. This is, after all, an international competition. This is a competition to prove that our athletes are better than their athletes in a spirit of sportsmanship, to congratulate the victors, to congratulate even those who did not uh, win medals but on tremendous competition, etc. But this is an international competition, and you are representing the flag. And all she said was, I never said I didn't want to go to the Olympics. We know you want to go to the Olympics. That's why, as you said, you went to the trials. But you don't want to represent the red, white, and blue. That's on your uniform. That's why I competed and got third and made the team. I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. You didn't have to say that. You showed it very clearly. And you have never once in response to your display of hatred for this country taken that back and denied that and said, no, I love my country. You have never once said that you love your country. All she will say is, I never said I hated this country. All I said was, I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. She will not say she loves her country. She loves her people. She cares not about red, white, or blue. And apparently... As she has made very clear, white in the in terms of people either. She cares about black and brown and nothing else. She is a disgrace to the United States Olympic team and should be removed from it post haste. Your call's coming up after the news, AM fourteen twenty the answer. Okay, nine thirty seven, we continue on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. I, I wanna I'm going to get a little preview here, kind of a precursor, if you will, of what we're going to be doing in the 10 o'clock hour, um, because there's a couple audio clips that you just absolutely need to hear. Um, this, is, First of all, in the 10 o'clock hour, if you just turn the radio on, we're going to have a round panel discussion. The entire hour is going to be dedicated to critical race theory being taught in Ohio public schools. There was um, uh, a tremendous uh, meeting, a hearing, actually, in the Ohio State House uh, just a few days ago, and several people testified in support of a bill, uh, House Bill 327, and then a similar bill, House Bill 322, which would ban critical race theory from being taught in Ohio schools. Among those testifying were Michael Goldstein, um, Sarah Fowler Arthur, Kirsten Hill, and Jonathan Broadbent. All four of them are going to be joining us at uh, 1010 this morning for a roundtable discussion on critical race theory, why it is so dangerous in our schools. Now, I want to Build on that, actually, kind of lay a foundation here. When I talk about danger, this is why our schools should be considered dangerous. Because there are bubble heads like this teacher who actually are in charge of students. I mean, this is crazy. I don't have her name. I don't know what school she teaches in. But she decided to go to TikTok, this teacher, this left-wing lunatic bubblehead, um, 
and tried to tell all of us, she speaks specifically to Republicans, telling us that we don't believe history should be taught in public schools because we oppose critical race theory and, quote, anti-racist teachings by people like Ibram X. Kendi, who is just a racial arsonist and profiteer. She thinks we don't want to teach history in American history classes. This is a person who, again, is in charge of students. If you listen closely, you will be able to hear the air seeping out of her ears. Listen. So a response to Republicans, whenever you say we should teach about slavery or the genocide of indigenous people in the classroom, is, oh, well, it happened so long ago. Why do we have to, why do we, why do we need to know? Why does anyone need to know? Okay, why do you learn about the Holocaust? Why do you learn about the Rwandan genocide? Why do you learn about imperialism? Why do you learn about the Enlightenment? Why do you learn about the Soviet Union? Why do you learn about the American Revolution? Why do you learn about the Civil War? She sounds like she's 13, by the way, when you hear the Soviet Union. She sounds like she's 13. She's an educator. And again, keep listening for the All those things were in the past. Why do we learn about them? It's almost as though there's a class you take in school where you talk about things that happened in the in path wait a minute wait this is all making too much sense right it's too much no this is this is a is a teacher i i can't say that often enough if you see her you will be just as um i don't know uh concerned disturbed as you are when you listen to her. Um, she does. She looks and sounds like she is a 13-year-old middle schooler herself who is talking to people, you know, like I said, as if as if kids would talk to kids and then and then and now one another. I mean, it's just embarrassing. She said that Republicans don't think that slavery and or the um, uh, attacks on indigenous people should be should be talked about because it's in the past. And we don't think that you should talk about things in the past. And then she listed all of those things. Well, what about the Holocaust? And what about this, this, the Revolutionary War? Well, I would like for her to identify one Republican, one prominent conservative, whether it's a person in the media, whether it's an author, whether it's a a blogger, anyone. Find one conservative Republican who has ever said we should not teach about things that happened in the past because they happened so long ago. That, by the way, as she tried to make in her little airheaded remark, not realizing her, realizing her TikTok time was about to end, she never got to the word history class. But um, find me one Republican who said we should not teach American history, including slavery, including the Civil War, including the end of the Civil War, including the Democrat Party and its formation of the KKK after the Civil War, including the Emancipation, including the 13th Amendment. And including, yes, all of those other things that she so cockily, is that a, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. I'm going to have to pull back on that one. But she sounded cocky, so I said it was cockily. She's uh, in her little cocky representation of all of the other things that we study in American history. Okay, why do you learn about the Holocaust? Why do you learn about the Rwandan genocide? Why do you learn about imperialism? Why do you learn about enlightenment? Why do you learn about the Soviet Union? Why do you learn about the American Revolution? Why do you learn about the Civil War? We learn about all of those things because they're part of history. They're part of history class, American history and world history. And pretty much every 
school in the history of history has studied that history. And we support it. We teach it. We don't indoctrinate around it. She is using critical race theory and our pushback against CRT to say that we don't want to teach about bad things that happen in history. She's either A, a liar, or B, she is just about as bubble-headed as she sounds. I think there's probably a combination working here. I think it's a little column A, a little column B. She is just that dumb, which is terrifying, the fact that she's in, in, in a school setting and in charge of students, and B, she is that radical of a white virtue signaling um, uh, you know, left-wing lunatic. She's, she's a little bit dumb and a little bit radical. Now, let's move from that teacher as, one again, one of the reasons why it's so critically important that we not allow cr- a critical race theory to be taught in our classrooms. Let's move to this guy. Now, this is a teacher who also took to TikTok. Again, I don't know his name, and I don't know where he's from, but he is in a classroom, and he is hilarious, by the way. You should see how he looks. Um, it's kind of irrelevant, I guess, but with the, with the cheesy mustache and the long mullet in the back and the crazy shirt, he's, you know, he's, he's out there. But at any rate, he's responding to a question on TikTok that was asked of him, and he shows that on the screen before he answers. And the question says, quote, Not trying to challenge you, but can you please explain further? I think it's really important. Plus, you're a teacher, so you can can definitely explain well. Thank you. And what are we talking about? We're talking about critical race theory. Can you explain this a little bit more? And this is, again, another classroom teacher, an educator, who has children in his control. The education of children is in his hands. Listen. So this comment right here is asking me to explain um, why not wanting critical race theory in the classroom is racist. Thank you for asking me this question. I'd love to explain it. So critical race theory talks about how the systems that we have, the laws that we have, um, how all of those are designed to oppress people groups. Things like mass incarceration, the prison industrial system, the military industrial system, all of those are used to oppress people groups. By teaching this in the classroom, we can show our kids what systems need to be challenged and thought about differently. Racism isn't going to be fixed by me going down to a kid right here and saying, buddy, you really need to be nicer to that kid over there, even though they look a little bit different than you. We can dismantle racism by dismantling systems of oppression, not by being nice to people. When you don't want to teach future generations about how these systems were designed to oppress people, you're taking the side of the oppressor being racist. There it is. This is, again, a virtue-signaling white liberal hippie trying to tell us that we don't want to teach American history because we know that it is was created as a system of oppression in order to marginalize people groups, as he said, as he put them. The only difference, of course, between him and actually using Ibram X. Kendi's words in his anti-racist book and the, the theory behind Marxist critical race theory is he didn't say people of color. He said people groups. Did you know that prisons were created? Not to protect the public against people who commit bad crimes and do bad things to them, but to oppress black people. Did you know that? Did you know that the military was formed? The military was created not to protect the nation against invading enemies. The military was formed as an oppressive uh, uh, organization. Did you, did you catch that? Wanting part of critical this? race theory in the classroom is racist. Thank you for asking me this question. I'd love to explain it. 
So critical race. Who's going to explain it to you is the real question here, uh, Mr. Hippie. I'd like to volunteer. He talks about how the systems that we have, the laws that we have. The laws were created to oppress people groups. And he, of course, is speaking of people of color groups. So laws are racist. What's next? Um, How all of those are designed to oppress people groups. Things like mass incarceration. So the law itself is, or laws themselves, are oppressing, uh, oppressive to people groups, particularly people of color groups. What else? In the prison industrial system. Mass incarceration. What's funny is I've never seen mass incarceration take place. Can somebody point to me a time in American history or in America present in which they have done mass incarceration, where they have swooped in with police and military and just rounded up scores of people and thrown them in prison just for existing. Does that ever happen? Because that's what mass incarceration would be. Individual incarceration happens when someone commits a crime. Individual incarceration happens when that person who has committed a crime is given a fair jury trial or judge trial and is deemed to have committed that trial, or that offense, rather, at trial, and then is punished for it in an effort to protect the people that they victimize, at least for a little while while they're away. And if they can become somewhat rehabilitated so they don't commit those crimes again when they come out, that's bonus. But prisons were created for the purpose of protecting people from crime and criminals, not for mass incarceration, which has never happened again. I think the only time mass incarceration ever happened in the United States of America is probably with the internment of the Japanese uh, at the start of World War II. That was mass incarceration, in which they went around and took everyone of Japanese descent because they didn't know if they were loyal to the United States or if 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 they were loyal to the rising sun. They took them and put them all in internment camps. It has been uh, widely criticized, condemned, apologized for, etc., countless numbers of times. But that is the only time in American history that there has been mass incarceration of people. Now, of course, that doesn't count slavery because that's not that started long before the United States of America was founded. That was kind of the point. It's one of the reasons why America was founded and one of the reasons why uh, slavery was abolished so quickly in the United States while it continued to ravage the rest of the world. But as a country, mass incarceration, you had the internment of the Japanese, and that's it. The military-industrial system. The military-industrial system is also was also created to oppress people groups, particularly people of color. And if you don't see this, then you are a racist. So did you know that? Did you know that the military was created so that we could, what, somehow harm people of color? I, uh, that's, that's a, a, you know what, I'm glad this guy's an educator because he's educating me on something that I had never known before. Either that or he is pulling this out of his rear end because it is something that is simply absurd on its face. All of those are used to oppress people groups. By teaching this in the classroom, we can show our kids what systems need to be challenged and thought about differently. Race. What systems need to be thought about differently? Laws should be eliminated. Prisons should be eliminated. The military should be eliminated. Got it. Professor Hippie. Racism isn't going to be fixed by me going down to a kid right here and saying, hey, buddy, you really need to be nicer to that kid over there, even though they look a little bit different. And that, to me, is the most offensive part 
the most disturbing part of this entire little 60-second TikTok video that uh, Mr. Hippie put together. He is essentially saying that racism isn't going to be fixed by telling the little white kids to not be so racist. He's, he's pretending, to, he's kneeling by a desk and pretending to whisper to a non-existent white kid that he has to be nicer to the kid over there, even though he looks different. He is essentially saying that all white children are racist, and we can't just tell them to not be racist and be nicer to people who don't look like them. We have to change the, the entire system. That insinuation, that declaration that white people are the cause of all of the evils and white people are the cause of all of the oppression in the United States of America is perhaps the most disturbing thing of all. I'm going to say this very directly. I've only given you two teachers here just kind of as an example today. The United States, the only thing that needs to be overhauled, it isn't the prison system, it isn't the military, and it isn't our set of laws, it isn't the U.S. Code, and it sure as hell is not the U.S. Constitution. The only thing in this country that needs to be overhauled for the betterment of society and for the betterment of all, is the American educational system. The public school system in this country needs to be dismantled and restarted. And every single teacher like these left-wing lunatics who are indoctrinating kids instead of educating kids need to be drummed out of the profession. Tell them there are streets in their big liberal cities that are filled with urine, feces, and drug needles, and they need to be cleaned up. That is your new job, and that is about what you are most qualified for. The educational system must be dismantled. And we'll talk about that with our guests coming up at 1010 this morning as well. It's 952 AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 9.57, as we continue. Don't forget, coming up in the uh, next hour, uh, we are going to be talking with four individuals who spoke at a state house hearing on uh, House Bills 327. They testified as proponents of House Bills 327 and, to a lesser extent, House Bill 322, which would ban the teaching of critical race theory in, uh, in Ohio classrooms, K-12. through And by the way, that's still only the beginning Let's suppose for the sake of discussion that somehow, some way, this passes and would be signed by a governor who is absolutely, I, I think I think Mike DeWine is more than just um, misguided. I think he's more than, just, uh, uh, more than just evil. And I do, I think he's evil what he did during the pandemic lockdown and what he continues to do. I think he's incompetent. Um, if this ever gets through the state uh, assembly and to the uh, governor for a signature, it still only solves part of the problem. It's K through 12. Once kids get through K through 12, they may not have been exposed or indoctrinated by, by this, but they will in Ohio colleges and universities because Ohio colleges and universities are just as bad as any and every other, including at Ohio State. Yes, everybody, O-H-I-O, and I know. Believe me, I know. O-H-I-O, I know. But I also know what goes on inside those classrooms and inside those lecture halls. 
And this is continue, going to continue to be the biggest problem that this country faces for the next couple of generations, if not beyond that, unless we stop the new generation from being indoctrinated. It starts in the K through 12 classrooms, but it must continue into the college, uh, colleges and universities as well. All right, so uh, we'll get a quick time out here for news, and on the other side of that, we're going to dive into CRT like we have not done before, critical race theory. We'll be joined by Kirsten Hill of the State Board of Education, Sarah Fowler as an Ohio State rep, Mike Goldstein, Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations in Ohio, and Jonathan Broadbent, Co-Chair of the Protect Ohio Children Coalition. All of that coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.